All right, everyone. Welcome to episode two of the On and Two podcast. My name is Ryan, and I am joined by my co-host, Drew Jeffrey. Um, today, we are short-manned, but we do have a lot to get into, including the BMW Championship preview this week at Wilmington Country Club. Um, other things in the news, Patrick Reed is suing Brandel Chambly and Golf Channel um, for continued defamation. And probably the biggest topic we have is the PGA Tour meeting to discuss Live Golf that was um, hosted by Tiger Woods and other uh, huge names in the game of golf. So, uh, Drew, welcome to the show as always, and how are you doing today? I'm good. Happy to be here. Ready to talk some golf. Hell yeah. So, I mean, we could start with the BMW preview, but I think uh, we want to start with the the juicy stuff and get into this live meeting that was done um, recently. A um, lot of big names there, including uh, Justin Thomas, Roy McIlroy, Jordan Spieth, Ricky Fowler, and of course, Tiger Woods. Um Turned out it was a good meeting. It was three hours long, I heard. And uh, Rory said uh, that Tiger was the alpha male in the room, as he should be. But uh, it sounded pretty productive. I just wanted to hear your thoughts on that. Well, first off, if Tiger Woods ever walks into a room and it's a meeting with PGA Tour guys, he has to be the alpha. He cannot not be the alpha in a meeting that is trying to save the PGA Tour. This is Tiger's tour. Oh, yeah. It, it will always be Tiger's tour. He made this tour. He will be the alpha, always. Do you think and, Tiger – quick question before you keep going. Do you think Tiger Woods could be the chairman of the PGA Tour someday? Tiger Woods should be the chairman of the PGA yeah, Tour today. <laughs> today. This guy turned down $800 million because he respects the tour. The tour made him. He knows what the tour can do for people. And which is why he's so passionate about about these players leaving and and just so so dead set on the tour being the preeminent place to play golf in the world, which it should be. It has been for a long time now, and there's no reason that it shouldn't be. It gives players opportunities. Um, you know, this little scare with Live Golf opened up the PGA Tour's mind. There's even more opportunities now for these younger players to get on tour, and I think that's a great thing. But Live Golf sucks. I stand by that always. I hate it. Tiger Woods is the alpha. I think these meetings need to be happening every week now. I agree. It sounds like what came out of the meeting was all the top players in the world were um, united and had the uh, same opinions. So that was a good sign for the PGA Tour because after a while, we were hearing nothing but how the heck are these guys going to respond? And I do think this meeting was a step in the right direction to – Show some light for the PGA Tour fans that this uh, tour is going to be around and it's going to be safe. Well, also, I feel like we kind of like skipped over this, but about the meeting, why is Tiger driving himself to the meeting? Yeah, there there was a for for people who don't know, there was a clip on Twitter of Tiger. Um, this meeting took place in Delaware, where the uh, tour event is this week, the BMW Championship. And there's a clip on Twitter of Tiger Woods getting off the plane and hopping right into uh, I believe it was a Cadillac, like the same car. He got in an accident however long ago and Ricky Fowler's sitting there in the passenger seat. And you just wonder what Ricky Fowler's thinking. He's like, why what? is this guy getting behind the wheel again? I Ricky Fowler should be screaming at Tiger Woods to be driving that car. Well, it's like, if you're Ricky, like, do you have the nuts to turn to Tiger and be like, Hey Tiger, maybe I should drive. Yeah. Cause I mean, Tiger's a, 
Tiger's a pure alpha. You, what do you? He's gonna look at Ricky and say, "What the fuck do you mean you should drive? I'm gonna right. drive this car." He's like, I "Ricky's like, no, Tiger." We're like, "Tiger, no, we have to keep you alive." Well, it's like Tiger Woods just denied a eight hundred million dollar contract from Live Golf, but he still wants to drive his own car. It's like, Tiger, you be a driver. Yeah, you're that guy, man. You can, you can. If you're getting a contract that big, I think you can get someone to drive your car too. You are him. But anyways, um. Moving on to Patrick Reed suing Brandel Chambly and Golf Channel for continued defamation. Um, he's seeking $750 million in damages. Um, this is just absurd to me for what he is, um, you know, claiming. Um, here, uh, he's working with attorney and the lawsuit seeking damages from Brandel Chambly and Golf Channel for defamation. Basically, just for like ripping Patrick Reed. Which is like, I mean, that's what else he's supposed to do. Nobody likes the guy. Yeah. It says here, Reed claims Shambly has a history of calling him a cheater and has criticized Reed and other golfers for leaving the PJ Tour for the Greg Norman-led Saudi-backed Live Golf Series. I mean, yeah. That's... I mean, he just, he just shouldn't have cheated. That's I, I, don't, I don't really understand. You cheated. I'm going to call you a cheater. And I mean, everyone has criticized Patrick Reed. I mean, Patrick Reed should be filing lawsuits against everyone on yeah, in golf I mean, he, media. He can and... file one. He can file one against me. I I call him a cheater all the time. I hate the guy. Yeah, Patrick Reed is always in the news for controversy, and I just think the amount of money. I mean, I mean, what a soft lawsuit this is. Well, it's like if your wife is making a burner Twitter account to fire back at people, like, like basically calling you a cheater all the time on Twitter. Like, what? What are you doing? Yeah, you're a cheater. Yeah, he just can't take the heat, man. And he causes the heat, but he can't take it. So Patrick Reed, um, this guy sucks. Yeah, this guy sucks. Just plain and simple. Not Patrick, but Reed also, fans. I mean, if anything, he should be suing for whatever profits the PJ Tour has made, because the viewers without him playing golf on TV. They got to be up. Oh yeah, nobody wants to watch Patrick Reed play golf. Nobody. Everyone was when everyone saw the headline. Patrick Lee Reed was heading to Live Golf. It was an applause. Like everyone. That's a was win happy. for the tour. Yeah, very. There's so a lot maybe of guys he should like be that. actually spin take. Maybe he should be suing them then. Maybe they have to be profiting off of him not being there. Maybe this guy sucks. This guy just sucks. Also. Going back to that meeting real quick before we like move too far past that. I mean, what do you think was discussed while we're still on the topic of live golf and all this stuff? What do you think was like talked about in that room and how tense do you think it was? Was well, I think oh, this is tough. I think part of the reason that I'm guessing it was so successful is it's not like this meeting was with every single player on tour. Mm-hmm. I mean, Tiger you got to imagine Tiger had his guys in there, you know, kind of the guys that are, are their Tiger the guys, the Rory's. JT, Rory's, the guys that are trying to grow the game the right way. And so you got to think the discussion was just how can we continue to grow the game to, to make the PJ tour? What can we do to make the PJ tour not leavable? Like, how can we make these guys think about their situation and tell themselves, wow, I shouldn't leave this tour? 
Well, does this meeting now confirm that Ricky Fowler is not going to live? Because he was in the live talk for a while there, a little bit. I think Ricky got thrown into it because of his recent failures in professional golf. I mean, he goes along the lines of one of those guys that's, you know, I don't, I don't want to say he's washed up, but he's pretty washed up. Mm-hmm. Guys like that that are taking their money now while they can, I can't necessarily fault them for that. And I think Ricky kind of got thrown into that conversation, but I just don't think that's the guy that Ricky is. No, I don't think so either. But his career was definitely pointed to that direction of maybe this guy is going to take some guaranteed money because he's not making cuts. He's not finishing in the top 10. He's not winning tournaments. So, you know, take the guaranteed money. He's happily married now. I mean, I think it beautiful wife, beautiful wife. I don't think it was a wrong assumption, but for the guy Ricky is, I think it was a little uh, disrespectful for for the guy he is. I agree. I 100% agree that I think, like I said before, I think he's just thrown into that conversation because of his his recent play. And I think that Ricky Fowler, the man, is way too big to to go and join live. How many people do you think were there? I think Number we could wise. probably name them. I think we could name them. You think so? With a little I bet you, obviously, Tiger. Tiger, yep. We're going JT2. Mm-hmm. Spieth, three, probably. Yeah, Spieth was there, confirmed. Ricky, four. Um, Rory, five. I can tell you who wasn't there. Patrick Reed. Cam Smith. Yeah, Cam Smith. <laughs> Cam Smith, his hip hurts. He's got he's to gotta stay away for a while. I'd be willing to bet Tony Finau is there. Well, Maybe that's Scott. an interesting one. You, but Scott. you think you think Tiger or you think Finau falls into that high of a category? Is he an alpha leader that's going to get guys to not leave the tour, or is he just kind of there? I don't know. I mean, he's five on the FedEx Cup right now, and he's won two tournaments in the past like but month. I think I think this is beyond FedEx Cup rankings. I don't think thinks- you get in this. You don't get in this room unless tr- Tiger trusts you. That's my thought on it. I think I think Tony Finau and Tiger are pretty tight, aren't they? Like they're both Nike guys. I mean, you might be right. I don't yeah, know. I, I don't know. Who knows? There'll know. probably be a full list that will come out, but we're just taking shots in the dark. It might already be out right now. Who knows? But who knows? it's it's we're, fun. We're a little, um, a quick Google think, search will solve that. Do you think Scotty Scheffler was there? No, that guy just he's living life. World number one. No, I don't think he's there, dude. Really? I'm telling you, I personally. Personal opinion, I don't think this is a a like thing about skill level. I think I truly think you're not in that room unless Tiger, like Morikawa, had to be there. I would think so. I bet you Xander was there as well. Really? See, I don't. I think Xander's one of those guys. No, because I think Xander's the tipping point. He's one of those in betweeners. I think, but I think, I think a direct access from tiger to xander keep xander so in like march madness terms like xander's like a bubble team exactly (laughs) except except tiger's doing all he can to keep this guy off the bubble yeah exactly tiger is lenardi or whatever his name is and he's like this team is not a bubble team yeah exactly this team is (laughs) way better than an 11 seed (laughs) we cannot let this team out of the tournament yeah, I'm just I'm scrolling through these names and I can't imagine this meeting being that big. No, really not even can't. a little bit. Did you find anything? Um 
I I saw something that mentioned the fact that these these got well these um oh Xander was there. Our bubble guy. Xander quoted, I think I'd be pretty unhappy if I saw one of those guys from last night just blabbering to you guys what we talked about. And then he said that would be really frowned upon and you probably wouldn't get invited back to the meeting. There's a bit of code there. There's not many people in these meetings. No. Wow. What a call on Xander Shoffley being there. Another top player went a step further. We basically signed a blood oath. To if stand you the talk, tour? No, to like not talk. Oh, wow. So th- these, are, these names probably won't come out. Tiger's in this meeting. Basically, like, if you talk, I kill you. Oh, yeah. This is not coming out. Like, Joe LaCava comes out of your closet and stabs you to death. Okay, now give me your most random name that could have been there. Ooh, I like this. I got. I have to look through names. I know, I'm, I'm scrolling through the FedEx Cup list, and this is tough. Like, are right we now. talking, like, guys you wouldn't think would be there, or guys that are, like... Realistic, but, like won't make like the headliners. Oh, I like that. My, um, I could give you one. All right. Hit me with it. I think, I think I'm going to say Kevin Kisner, even okay, though I like that, even though reportedly he was like, I will take a hundred million dollars right now. If, if, um, live were to give it to me and I'll go. But I think Kevin Kisner Kis- is one of those random guys that tiger would Kis- is in. such a tiger guy too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Are you ready for mine? Go for it. Max Homa. Yeah, I like that too. I was I was wondering he's, about Max. He's a big grow the game guy, so oh, I yeah. think I think the odds of him being in there just for like, you know, purposes of being, you know, like a like how can we promote the tour? How can we keep guys on the tour? Stuff like that. I could see him being one of the guys. I bet any money, uh, John Rahm was there. I I was thinking the same thing. I think I was thinking that was too big of a name to spit out for that last little thing we were doing, but I think he was there too. Yeah, had to be because he's ripped on live, live before, and um, that U.S. Open week he was not too happy about uh, being asked about it. So I would put money on John Rum. I think it's like a selective group of maybe ten to fifteen individuals. I think that would be the absolute max. Max fifteen. No, no way. It's over that. I would even think ten is pretty high for that meeting. Really? I think so. Yeah, well, but I guess, also, I, now I'm assuming Kevin Kisner was there. There's probably a very good chance he's just not in that room. Yeah, just probably not. <laughs> as much as we'd like to think yeah. he is, just probably not in that room. Yeah, those guys, Max Homa and Kevin Kisner, bubble guys. Bubble guys. <laughs> Absolute bubble guys. bubble guys. For sure, for sure. And that, like, is that was a players-only meeting, correct? You know, I think it was, but I wouldn't be surprised if there was just like three random dudes out of Tiger's camp. Okay. But I'm taught, yeah. But I'm like, like Jay Monahan, he wasn't there. Oh, the commission? No. The chairman? No. I don't think yeah. so. It's because they're plotting Tiger's coup. He's going to yeah, take over. They're trying to get him in office. Tiger's going to, he's going to win a tournament next year. And in the interview after, he's going to say, I am the commissioner. He's going to get win number 83 on the PGA Tour, set the all-time win record, and be like, you know what? I'm done playing regular tour events, 
and I'm going to be the chairman. That's what he's going to do. And his first order of business, grant permanent status to Charlie Woods on tour. That kid's going to make it someday. That kid's the second coming. That's a that's a conversation for another day. Yeah, that kid will be the chairman when I'm dying. So, <laughs> um, well, speaking of Delaware, where the meeting took place, that is where the BMW Championship is this week. Um, it is at Wilmington Country Club, and it has never hosted a tour event. Um, but a fun fact is that it has hosted a uh, U.S. Women's Amateur, only coming in uh, 1913. And it actually has um, hosted a, the 2013 Palmer Cup, and uh, it featured Arnold Palmer, Jack Nicholas, Gary Player, and Carol Mann. Um, so I got some say, big names there. 1913 for a golf tournament is just a crazy thought. Oh, yeah, that's, that's way How are they playing time. golf in 1913? What are they using as clubs? Well... Yeah, I don't even know. I mean, like, what, what are we hitting rocks around? Well, and I'm not even the... kidding right now. What do the so, courses look like? So, like, I think of I think of Lake Mills Golf Club, and I'm like, that's probably like, that'd be the best course of all time in 1913. But that place is a shithole. So let's let. Here's a question for you. I'm going to look this up in just a second. So this is the 1913 U.S. Women's Amateur. I wonder how far so so keep in mind the the men's amateur and the women's amateur I mean there's a severe distance gap there but I wonder how far the women played from back then to now Considering the technology considering the day and age I mean were these women playing from like 4000 yards I was going to say 4 I was going to say 4500 4500 Let's look up the US women's amateur Cause what are they? What are they, I? I don't. Just golf. Golf in nineteen thirteen to me, it just doesn't exist. Yeah. So the twenty twenty two U.S. Women's Amateur, a century in advance, was sixty five hundred and forty one yards. That's a lot. That's a lot. That's a Considering lot. Considering the technology is at an all time high, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with you. Forty five hundred yards. I think that's probably where it was. But it's like, yeah, that's so I mean, short I could, though. It's but well, yeah, but I mean they're they're swinging with. I mean, I, I I don't know I don't yeah I don't know where I'm going with this but I just just I but that's how I cannot even put into words golf in 1913. I cannot. No. I, so I that was a little tangent of mine, but I just had to get that out. But yeah, Wilmington Country Club, Robert Trent Jones, senior design, expected to play over 7,500 yards this week. So it's playing long for the dudes uh, these days. Um, noted that the guy, the winner will probably need to hit the ball long and make a lot of putts, which is usually the trend in the PGA Tour, uh, no matter what the course is. 7,500? That's like the, one of the longest I've seen, I think. In a long, yeah, non-major for... championship. That's a long like golf that's, course. Like that's that's so wolf. Well, and the core. I mean, we just said it. It was nineteen thirteen. Was the uh, women's amateur there? I mean, how yeah. like what is this architecture like? like? How tight are these fairways? How small are these greens that they're playing at seventy five hundred yards? 
I mean, is this like a U.S. Open in, in the FedEx Cup right now? I mean, this is sounding absurd. I mean, it's got to test the players, I guess. I guess. Did we, you see- we say this. These guys will go shoot 20 under for the tournament, and it's going to look so easy because that's what happens every fucking week. Yeah. You, it does not matter how long the golf course is, how tough it is. These guys still go out there and shoot 20 under because they're the best in the world and they're good at what they do. I, I cannot explain it other than that. The difference between what I do on a golf course and what these guys do on a golf course is monumental. And I would be personally, we are in the, the upper echelon of amateurs in this world. That's just the way it is. But the difference between what we do and what they can do on a golf course is I would say as far of a gap as what we do and what a 20 handicap does on the golf course. Yeah. That's how good these guys are. And I don't think hundred yards. If you put me on that golf course, first T 7,500 yards, I have zero chance of shooting anything, anything relatively good. I'm get probably a, I on tournament conditions on this golf course. I'll even say on a Friday, or no, we'll say on a Saturday moving day. Generally, the setup's slightly easier. I still shoot 97. Yeah, I'm definitely in the 90s for sure. And I would say that's like um that's a like a like I'm like, oh, I hit a couple good shots today, 97. Um, did you see a video of the range at this place? No. I saw some it's, pictures though. Woof. This place is nuts. Like nuts in what way? Like pristine pristine well the like range pure. is really weird the range is i i saw a, a video of it on twitter and i'll have to find this it's the first 90 yards of the range is water really yeah and the range doesn't look that big it doesn't look like they're hitting onto like a full range it looks like one fairway and i just thought that was really absurd but granted this that course mean- seems like it's very old and no one's ever heard of it i'm not too too surprised well, like I think about, I don't know, playing high school golf, we've seen some pretty shitty ranges in our day. Yeah, not great ones. And I mean, to me personally, a range with 90 yards of water, how do I practice my wedges? Well, you want, yeah, like what are, what are these guys doing? I just like, I, I warm up every time I warm up, I warm up with like five 50 yard shots, maybe even chip a couple balls in front of me. And it's just like, who's fetching these golf balls out of this pond? That, I mean, that's literally just a hole on the golf course. Yeah. Doesn't it look like a fairway? And it's right next to every other holes. Well, I mean, there's a, there's a North and a South course there, I think. Okay. Yeah. It looked like it was like right in the middle of the golf course. So it, it literally could be like a, a literal golf hole. I mean, it probably is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what it, it looked like. At the very end of this video, they like zoom out a little bit. And I swear behind the T, like where the players are, it looks like a green. Okay. So I think that that's just a, a hole. Sense. I think it's just a hole on one. Can we talk about that move for a second? A PGA tour event and your range is just a, a hole on the course. They don't even have a range at this place. You don't have a range. Old. Yeah. That's got to be a first. First that's time I've ever first. seen it. That's for sure. It's the first time for me. Well, how many players are this week? 75? 70. 70. So, I mean, you take about 50-something less players than you usually have. 
You know, they're like, screw it, let's just put it on a hole. Well, but that's all for the more the reason to just use your range, even if it's a little small. It's like, oh, there's only seventy this week. We'll be fine. Yeah. Um. So before we make, like, we're not gonna make our picks now. Um. We didn't mention it in the beginning of the podcast, but uh, JT and uh, Riley will be joining later for uh their Lock Labelle review that they played uh yesterday. Um. It was tough for them. Uh, that'll just be a little preview for uh, later in the show. <laughs> And um, we will then be making our picks later on and uh, giving our tap in bets. But Drew, before we do anything like that later on, um, just the landscape of what the FedEx Cup looks like right now. Is there any names popping out to you that say like this guy's going to win this thing? I mean, you know, I'm a big Tony Finau guy. We know that this guy's just he's on a heater. Yeah. I mean, you gotta, I mean, it's obviously, it's not that big of a deal to sit here and say, oh, the guy fifth in the rankings is going to win. Like no shit. He might win, but this guy is just on a heater. How can you not talk about him? Yeah. And I think honestly, looking at this list, I, I, I haven't looked at this list really in depth um, at all, all year, but um, I think it would be such a loss for the PJ tour. If a guy like Sam Burns, no, nothing against Sam Burns, you know, don't know the guy, but if Sam Burns wins the FedEx Cup this year with all the controversy uh, surrounding the PGA Tour and Live Golf right now, I mean, we need a marquee name to win it that isn't Cameron Smith. Um, Yes, like Sam Burns is up there and like Sepp Straka at eight right now. Um, or like if Sung Im at 11 wins the FedEx Cup. What are we doing? What are we doing? Like what's going to happen? We're, that like the that three-hour meeting that they held was just for nothing. Tiger will break Sunjay M's <clears throat> kneecaps if he has to, to not let him win the FedEx Cup. I guess. I mean, it's tough not to pick one of the two guys at the top, Willie Z or Scotty. I agree. I think somebody like Xander winning would be huge for the tour. Um, obviously, if Rory won or JT won, that's huge, huge for the tour. I even think I think sneaky. A guy like Cam Young winning the FedEx Cup mm-hmm. in his rookie year, that could be crazy for the tour. Well, you wonder if if a guy like Cam Young were going to win um, rookie, like you said, how much money would Live Golf throw at that guy? He doesn't have a, a legacy lot. on the tour yet. He's up and coming. It's like you wonder if Live Golf would just, you know, go all in on a guy like Cam Dude, Young. I, I'm sure they would try, but you got to. I got to think that Cam Young – Fresh off your rookie year on tour, undoubtedly would be named Tour Rookie of the Year, FedEx Cup champion. How do you leave the tour? Uh, yeah, I don't know how you backstab it at that point. That, that I mean, that would just be that'd, be... that'd be crazy. Yeah. That'd be crazier than Brett Favre to the Vikings. Yeah, that's, that's a good It would just be insane. It would be nuts. So another question for you is... I mean, how much does Cam Smith drop? I mean, we all know this hip injury is not a hip injury. We all know this is some controversial thing, um, conspiracy theory within the um, within the ropes of the PGA Tour and behind closed doors. How how far does Cam Smith drop this week? That'd be tough for us if he's like sitting at home at a, on his couch with a, like an ice pack on his hip and he's like, God, my hip really hurts. Yeah, I mean, we're not trying to. But there's just there's him. no there's, way. There's too I much mean, going on. There's too there's much, going, too much on going on for that hip injury to be a real thing. And um, 
You know if Cam Smith hit, uh, is uh, actually hurting? Don't really care sorry, because sorry, he actually, Cam. Sorry, Cam. I actually don't stand, really care because this guy's back. Yeah, he's backstabbing the tour. But no, in all reality, where does Cam Smith finish going into so, uh, East League? Rory missed the cut last week, right? And he's still there at so he went nine. from he went from six to nine, dropped three spots. So I don't think with looking at how many like how close the other guys are in points, I would guess Cam Smith doesn't drop anywhere farther than like he won't drop out of the top ten. I don't think. No, I don't think that either. And I think I don't think it's out of the realm to say he wouldn't drop out of the top five either depending on how the tournament shakes out. Yeah, because all the guys in front of him could uh, shit the bed too. So I, I don't know. I, I don't think – I don't think – and I think that's part of the reason why he's not playing. I think if he had to play, he could probably push through it. By that, I mean quit being a pussy and just play. Literally. We know you're going to We know you're going to live anyway. Your hip's fine. But maybe the tour is just like putting a gun to his head. It's like you can't play in this tournament. But I don't know what else. Like, is there another well, they, lawsuit that they'd be bringing if, up in months? If they would have done that already, he'd be already signed to the live tour. We would have heard about it. It would be over. True, but it's just then he's it's just, just weird. It's very because he's like he's like if I can't play, then I'm cashing my check. And he's like he's like holy shit, two hundred million just appeared in my bank account. My back suddenly feels better, or my hip, or whatever it is, whatever fake injury he has. It's just very fishy. For for the guy for the guy who was number two in the world, just won maybe the biggest major in a long ass time, being the 150th Open at St Andrews and all that, um, to just be awarded the most random stroke penalty I've ever seen in the game of golf. Not even on the day of the tournament, but the day after, um, and then just miraculously out of nowhere, just withdraws after your third in the FedEx Cup. Like it just doesn't add up to me. His hip just starts hurting randomly. No way. Okay. You were you were contending like three days ago, four days ago. Well, how does this hip hurt all of a sudden? Unless he like slipped in the shower or something crazy that he doesn't want to say. I don't know, but I, I I'm not really buying all the the hip stuff. It's like the the DJ falling down the stairs before the Masters. Yeah. No. Okay, DJ. Um. Random uh, little news that came out in the past like hour or two. Tiger Woods is going to be the uh, cover athlete of 2K23. That's pretty sick. That's pretty sick. Still not going to buy the game. You're not going to get it? Well, I don't – I can't – okay. Side rant about the world right now. I can't get a PS5. Is that still a problem? I cannot get my hands on a PS5. They still don't have them. I, I just randomly went and looked the other day with the news of like NCAA football coming out, which I will play that game. I will have a PS5 by them because there's no way in hell I am not playing that game when it comes <laughs> out. There is, I searched up PS5. That's simple search. On the PlayStation website, you have to like apply to maybe have the chance to maybe buy one. So you have to apply to maybe be on the maybe wait list? Yeah. <laughs> and then on like Amazon, they're like seven hundred and fifty dollars. Yeah, I know my buddy Andrew, my roommate. Um, he bit the bullet and was just like, "Screw it, I'm gonna fucking buy a PS5 for seven hundred fifty dollars." Oh no! See, I can't do that. It's just not me. How is supply chain still an issue with the PS5s? I just make more of them. 
I don't get why they're so like they're gonna sell out. You could make a uh, hundred thousand PS5s right now, and they'd probably sell out. That's what I'm saying. I just don't understand why that's. I don't. I don't get it. I, I. I. No explanation. I'm pissed off about it. So if I had that, then I'd maybe buy the game. And maybe buy the game. I think I'm gonna get if it if I can play as Tiger Woods. I he, I think he's gonna be in the game, but I you know the last PGA you can you can play as any of the tour players. They just cut to like all their like holeouts, and it was like, okay, I don't really give a fuck. I just want to play as Justin Thomas. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Oh. But I think it's gonna be you know they they took a two year or a year gap, so who knows? I think I'm gonna get the game. Um, speaking of games that came out, I mean this is just on golf related at this point, but. Madden 23 came out and I, I got it. <laughs> I knew you would get Madden. Dude, it's, it's the Madden same season, shit baby. every year. It's the Madden season. Dude, you oh can locate God. the past now. It's not bad. Really? Yeah, you can like how target does that the work? past. It, it's hard. Whatever I was it is. Say, it, in it's... real time, how do you Well, they gave you like they drop you in like this little tutorial at right when the game starts. And it's like slow-mo, right? When you drop back for the pass, and you can like locate the where you want the ball to go you're like oh shit this is easy and then they put you in real time and you're just you feel like an NFL. you can't do it no i'm throwing picks left and right so it's 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 engineered to be a great idea but not for people like me well that's the thing about madden they do that shit and i'm like i cannot do this this is not fun yeah i end up throwing more interceptions than i did when it was just the regular way yeah just stupid so stupid. And that's if NCA football has the same engine as Madden and it's like the same thing, I'm gonna there's lose just, my there's mind. There's just no point. There's no point in buying There's the no game. point. I might as well play Madden. Um keeping it on football related, I mean we are a golf podcast, but uh are you gonna watch the new uh Manti Teo doc that's coming out on Netflix? Or that's already out on Netflix? It's on I did not know about this. Really? So it is the talk of the internet right now. Apparently, like Manti, it's just this. I've watched the first twenty minutes, and it seems very well done. Um, How long is it? It's two episodes, and each one's an hour. Oh, that's a lot of time. And they interview the person who catfished him. Really? Yeah, yeah. It's 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 both sides of the story so far, and it's like talking about how he went to Notre Dame and just all this stuff. His fake girlfriend. That's insane. And actually, his girlfriend was a guy pretending to be a girl because he wanted to be transgender. All right, you lost me there. I'm not, I don't. It was actually a guy pretending to be a girl, and the guy that was pretending to be the girl actually wanted to be a girl. So I've only watched No, that was right. That had to have been right. Yeah. So basically, this guy was playing football in high school. And he felt the pressure to be uh, like this masculine figure and play football and all that because his dad was in the NFL. Like his dad's brother was in the NFL. His like cousin was in the NFL. And he just like didn't want to be play football and be a a man, obviously. So the only way he could escape that reality was creating this fake Facebook user profile as a girl. And, you know, push comes to shove. You know, the rest is history. I mean, just ends up with being Manti Teo's fake girlfriend, but it's a wild start to this documentary. Imagine being Manti Teo, like sitting on your couch, scrolling Facebook and being like, yeah, she's like, she's pretty cute. And then it turns out it's just some dude behind the screen. 
I mean, that's, that's all tough. he was. That's all he was known. But you're seeing like public figures come out and like apologize to Manti Teo because they know the story now, and everyone's just like feeling for him. Like holy, like because like he was a joke for a while there. Well, everybody thought he was nuts. Yeah, because they were like, this mom, guy's making up his girlfriend and her death and all that. It was yeah, it was wild. Also, that was in 2012. Like that was a long. That was 10 That's years a, ago. Already. I was. Yeah, I was. I was like 12. Did he? Have, was he? Was he ever good in the NFL? Like I know he played for like the Chargers and the the Saints. But... I don't. I don't think he actually ever did anything. No. Yeah, I think he's a free agent right now. I looked it up. But... I was gonna say, what's that guy up to these days? Making documentaries, I guess. Probably listen to the On and Two podcast. You know, man, Titeo, if uh, you're listening to this, the doc is good so far. Well, come on the pod and let's talk about it. <laughs> I'm, sure he's ta- I'm sure he's talked enough about his uh, fake girlfriend. Every- everyone who uh, listens to this episode, tag Manti Teo, and let's see if we can uh, get, get Manti on. Teo on the pod. He's got to be a that'd golfer. Be, that'd be a huge get for the pod. He's got to be a golfer. Has to be. Too much drama in football right now. Yeah, way too much. Yeah. But uh, that pretty much wraps it up for uh, me and the, the Drew uh, – and Ryan show temporarily. Um, we have the Lock LaBelle review coming in a little bit as long as picks of the week. Drew, uh, before we throw it over to JT and Riley for their review, anything else you want to say? Um, I still hate Patrick Reed even more than Bryson. And I hope that Patrick Reed gets kicked off the live tour because that would be funny. How would that happen? I don't know, but I think it'd be funny. <laughs> all righty well i have really nothing else to say um yeah let's throw it over to riley and jt okay yeah so now we'll just uh get right into our trip to lock labelle jt and i uh took the trip yesterday to go play uh lock labelle in oconomowoc wisconsin and i'd say we had a pretty good time jt what do you think yeah, great time. That course is amazing, man. Like, it was one of the purest courses I've probably ever played. Um, vibes were through the roof. Joe Eck was having a blast out there. Couldn't <laughs> couldn't have been a better first experience, I'd say. Yeah, um, just to give the course – or give you guys a little course background, a little knowledge on the course. Uh, it used to be a private course, I believe, and it was kind of falling off the deep end, about to go bankrupt, I think. They were losing money, and then – Presswick Golf Company came in and refurbished the whole thing and kind of just flipped the course upside down. I'd say it was like a very old school country club before it got remodeled. And now it's very different, um, very undulating, huge fairways. It's I can't say enough good things about the track. And then that putting course right by the clubhouse, that was also really cool. Yeah. So this putting course, it's I'm pretty sure it was a full like 18 hole putting course. Um and I remember one crazy thing about that is that when we got there, our tea time was what, 8.36 in the morning? Yeah, 8.30, yeah. So we got there at 8.36 in the morning, and there's guys out there mowing the lawn whatnot, like getting ready for the day. We got done with our round around 2.30-ish, maybe, and these same guys are still yeah. out mowing the putting green. It took two last kids, four eight hours. hours. Yeah, eight Wait, hours. It took, it took you guys six hours to play 18 holes? Oh no, I'm done. It no, was... yeah, no. <laughs> I was like, holy crap! Like, we got done at like twelve thirty. My bad. Okay. I'm gonna say <laughs> that's that is just <laughs> the guy. not an enjoyable experience. Ridiculous <laughs> pace of play. 
<laughs> so the yeah, guy's drop, four just, hours to mow the potting grain. Just but... drop that uh, four hours. But the yeah. poor kid was out there for four straight hours mowing that damn putting green. Yeah, yeah huge. still either way that sucks. Um but yeah, I think we're trying to we're given every uh course a course rating. I'd have to give this course um definitely at least a eight and a half, nine out of ten. I that yeah. course was amazing and we're definitely going back. Yeah, I agree. Um I know I gave Mabel Bluff like an eight and a half nine pretty high rating but i'd have to even give this one a higher one and it was just it was crazy it was so pure it was unreal the greens were something like i had never seen before Mm -hmm. you could be standing at the back of the green and be 30 feet higher in the air than standing the guy standing at the front of the green i mean it was just crazy things something that i've never seen before probably have to give it around like a nine two nine three yeah i have to oh yeah what um um, what does it cost to play there it's about 160 bucks. 160? Yeah. Riding. Riding, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. There was a lot of walkers out there though. Yeah, you were... save like 30 bucks when you walk and I know it's 135 with a cart in the fall. Okay. Yeah, and is that the 160 is that the the week they raiders? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I wonder what weekends are. Do yeah. you bump it up to about 190? Yeah, probably. Probably something like that. Yeah. Well, tell us a little bit about the uh the round itself, not the course. Um well, again, um, JT and I rode the struggle bus for the second day in a row. Uh, probably not the golf course. You want to have the putter yips on, which JT and I both had. I don't think either of us made a single putt outside of a foot and a half. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, it was – it's like one of those courses where you don't really – give a shit how you play just because it's so much so fun and so cool but yeah we played terrible again not good rounds not good (laughs) rounds. but it was one of those things where it's like you can't let your bad round overtake like your your mental capability of the round because you're at such a cool place even though we were playing like dog shit it was just (laughs) kind of like let's forget about it and realize that we're playing at such a sweet golf course right now and try and make the best out of it and i think we did a pretty good job at it yeah. Well, I know. Uh, I know. JT said uh, over forty putts. Um, that could be <laughs> real, or that could be just an exaggeration. Eck, what? Well, what do you think the putt range was for you? Yesterday? I had thirty. I had thirty-six putts, which surprised okay. me. Uh, <laughs> improvement from Maple Bluff, <laughs> but that course. Um, JT and I shared a cart. We were on the same team in this game we played with my dad. That we got our asses handed to us, and we did. But, we play. We were playing the game, and I'd be standing in the middle of the fairway, like have a wedge in my hands, and I'd look at JT. I just, I'm like, I just have literally no idea where this ball's about to go. <laughs> like this is, I'm get, like, I might as well just putt this, just get it somewhere near the green and just chip. Well, I, I don't know if you want to putt. That that might be a, a good bit point. of a stretch. Yeah, that might get worse. <laughs> uh, yeah. But yeah, it was. You got to be able to get your way around a golf course pretty well to be able to play good at lock labelle how uh, how many uh was there a three putt count <laughs> i mean it probably was somewhere I, like 18 i'd rather not say <laughs> it was more than oh four Damn. yeah it was definitely tough bloody marys were rolling around hole six yeah. um, <laughs> did you try their lager no i didn't what did you have beer? after the round jt i had the um so another thing 
the food at that place was very good. Oh, and they have a little back patio that overlooks 18. And you can watch the players coming up 18 the whole way, which was super cool. Um, it's up elevated over the green. There's bunkers pretty much surrounding the whole backside of the green. Um, really cool lookout over the 18th hole. I had a nice little chicken Sammy with a couple summer shandies. Yeah. Um, great way to top off the day and then went and dropped a bag in the pro shop. Yeah. That very cool pro shop. Also, hole 18 thought uh, JT was going to hit the clubhouse. That Holy was... smokes. <laughs> I've no, the fear in my voice has never been like more premium. We were what, maybe like 250 out. Little did we know we were 250 away from the green, but we were 310 away from the clubhouse. Yeah. So we're 250 out. Like I'm very like, close. I'm thinking, all right, I'm just going to get a, a big high cut on my hybrid here and we're going to bend this thing out of the green and we're going to sink a birdie and beat these assholes. Well, I didn't hit my big high cut. I hit it straight as a whistle. And in the background, I'm hitting it right at their wedding pavilion. Yeah, that's what it was. And there's guys out like mowing the lawn and whatnot. And I thought I'd hit this thing on a rope. And you, you just hear me go, "Oh no, Riley, Riley, Riley! Riley, Oh no, oh no!" In the cart, just like chilling on my phone. And it's just one of those where I'm on my phone. I just look up and, yeah, that's that's about to hit the wedding pavilion. (laughs) We're about to have a very expensive trip to Lock Labelle. And then it did, it did end up being short, and we were fine. And then we we made our double bogey and got out of there. But uh... <laughs> yeah, it ended up being short. I had a fried egg in the bunker and <laughs> took about four shots out of there, plus another three putts, and yeah. called it a double bogey and moved on. What yeah. what tees did you guys play? Uh, we did a black blue combo. Um, mm-hmm. If it was just JT and I, we probably would have played all the way back the whole round, but. See, yeah. I, when I was when I was there, I didn't even know they had blacks. Oh, really? Until What'd like whole, play? I played the blues, and then I looked back on hole fourteen, and I was like, "Oh, there's the there's blacks." I, otherwise, I would so, play blacks. How far was that for you guys? I think it was sixty six hundred yards. Okay. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm. I know on the scorecard, blue is like sixty eight. Oh. Oh. So Maybe it was a little longer though. It might have been. It might have been longer because if you had two fifty into eighteen, because that hole's a beast. Well, you didn't. You didn't see our tee shots. Oh, okay. That explains. <laughs> that explains yeah. a lot. Towards the That's end of the I round, asked. the driver started to lose, to lose its touch. So I went hybrid. Um, yep. And I just tried to poke it out there and give myself a, another pretty much hybrid shot because I had been hitting that well. Besides, like a couple shots here and there, I thought I'd been hitting that club pretty well all day. Um, and the the pitching wedge was just abysmal. I couldn't figure that thing out to save my life. So I was like, there's no reason to try and put myself in that 130, 140 range to get myself pitching wedge in. So I was like, screw it. I'm going to try and go hybrid, hybrid and get up there. Um, I struck it well both times. I just couldn't really shape it the way I wanted to. Uh, yeah, overall, pretty fun round. I'd I say. am wrong. Blue is 6,300. I must have played a black-blue combo. That's oh, what I played on. Yeah. So blue was yeah. around six. Black blue was around sixty six. Yeah, all the way back's around seven thousand. But seven thousand out there is plenty long. I mean, you can get that without course. a doubt. If you get those greens rolling and tuck those pins, there is no no good rounds coming out of that day. And a green, the greens with that much undulation, you'd think that some holes 
they would kind of all the greens would funnel towards the pins. Nope. They had those things up on ledges. It was yeah. insane. Trying to stop a putt on that green, impossible. Yeah, but can't say enough good things about the course. Course was great. We're definitely going to be going back before right. the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, first of many little golf day trips for this podcast. I think our next one, we're headed to the water park capital of the world, Wisconsin Dells. And we will be playing at least 18 holes out of Trapper's Turn and maybe a little a little golf over at Wild Rock Golf Club, which is my home course. But, yeah, yeah. so other than that, that's about all I have to say about Lock LaBelle if we want to keep this train rolling. Yeah, definitely going to take a um, few days off from golf here, try and recollect my thoughts <laughs> about the game. And then we will be hitting the range pretty hard before that trappers round. Absolutely. JT, well, you got to get dialed in because we're not losing. No. The only good thing about this, Drew, is that my handicap's getting I was gonna, jacked yeah. way up. I was going to say, it. hey, Ryan, uh, my handicap is up a little bit. I'll be getting a, little, a couple more strokes now. So, yeah. All right. We're Love that birdies in my future. JT, don't uh, don't sit down too much. We have a, we have a golf outing on Friday. So um, looks like you'll yeah. get a day off. Yeah, I played in played in my staff outing today. Oh God. Yeah, how'd that go? Good thing I had teammates, man. <laughs> rough. Rough. <laughs> Real rough. So it seems like you're supposed to like so it's August now, you know, the game should be trending up. Yeah, we should it be seems in like you condition. guys are But I'm just a absolute bull in the china shop when I walk into a golf course. There's no touch. I mean, it's just Let's see how hard I can hit this golf ball. There's no distance control. There's just, which most of the time that's good. But right now, I mean, especially with that putter, we're just blowing blowing things about 15. I've, I probably had 12, 15 footers for bogey at Lock LaBelle. Yeah. So yeah, we'll figure it out, those. though. We'll figure it out. We always yeah. do. We figure it out. All righty. Well, moving on from that, we can move into our picks. Um, for the week for the BMW championship um, pretty star studded field as always in the FedEx cup. So I guess I'll, uh, I'll hand it over to drew to uh, give us his first pick in the winner. So we're picking, we're going to pick a winner. We're going to pick a top 20 guy and we're going to pick a guy from 50 to 70 in the FedEx cup that we think is going to advance to the tour championship. That makes sense. And then, yes, and then our uh, top 20 guy is kind of like our lock-in, uh, our tap-in bet. Correct. Pretty much, if you were to put money on it. Which you should. I am. Already have. Um, <laughs> As we speak, I'm going to go winner, John Rom. It's a bomber's paradise out there. He can heat up the putter. I think he's got a good shot this week. I think we're starting to get to the events that you have to – really be able to score well in, you know, I don't want to say like tougher conditions because all PGA tournaments are tough, but they really start to ramp up the toughness here with the the best in the on tour. So I'm going to go John Rahm, top 20, Matt Fitzpatrick. He's been good all year. Don't see it stopping now. Enough said about that one. And then from 50 to 70, I'll go Lucas Herbert. He leads the tour in strokes game putting this year. Big greens this week. Come in handy to lock. Hell yeah. Very confident. All right. Um, I'll give you mine. I, I rode the Colin Morikawa wave last week, and he uh, 
ended up being a uh, top five finish tied fifth. Um, his odds last week were like plus 3,300. They've moved down to plus 2,000 since then. So I think uh, the odds makers are liking Morikawa each week as we go on here. Um, the dude is honestly like he's not known for hitting the ball long. He's obviously one of the, like the greatest iron players on tour, if not. Um, so I think just a long golf course, tough conditions. Uh, he's just going to thrive um, and he can putt. He can do it all. So he's my pick for the winner. Top 20, I got Patrick Cantley. Um, like you said, Drew, you got to hit it far and hit or uh, putt well on this course, and Patrick Cantley can do both. And then uh, a guy outside the top 50 is Terrell Hatton. Um, he's a guy who can, like, really heat up uh, really fast. Um, he's kind of been, like, a, a wild card pick for, like, a lot of majors this year by a lot of, like, p- different people. Um, I believe he has, like, three top 10 finishes this year. Hasn't been able to break through the winner's circle yet, but – I mean, he's right there on the bubble at 51, so it's really not that crazy of a pick. But, hey, category was 50 through 70, and I gave you one. So those are my picks. Um, Before we go any further, I would just like to say, uh, looking back towards last week, I um I had Tony Finau top five finish at plus 400 that hit, and I also had Kyle Morikawa McCor- top 10 finish at plus 280 that hit. So if you're trying to make money, I would suggest following my bets, just saying, all right, you can go now. They're pretty good. That's a yeah, lot of money made right there. Okay, right, we'll go ahead. Yeah, go for it. All right, we'll let her rip. Uh, this week, I've got JT winning it. Um, again, like these guys have been saying, it's it's a ball striker's course. Guy hits the ball very well. He's one of the best to do it with a wood in his hands and the fairways. Um, you know, he's just he's a reliable guy. He's proven that he can do it before. Let's go with him again. I really like him. And, hey, same name, so let's go, brother. Uh, top 20, I'm going with Victor Hovland. I don't think he's been too relevant this year. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, but, again, he's a ball striker. Hits it pretty far, hits it pretty well, and he's another one of those guys where if he gets hot, he can stay hot for a while. Um, to my knowledge, I haven't heard much about him in any of the big tournaments. But, hey. Maybe it's his time. We'll see. Things are heating up here at the end of the year, and if guys like him want a shot of finishing well, the run needs to start now. And then with my 50 to 70 range, I'm going with Keith Mitchell. Honestly, a a name that I really haven't heard before, but after checking stats and whatnot, he's third on tour in shots gained off the tee, and that's right behind Rom and Cam Young. And again, we keep – beating a dead horse about this shot or um, big hitters course. Sounds like this guy can do that. So we're going to take him with our 50 to 70 range, hoping he can work, work his way onto the tour championship. Um, those are going to be my guys for the weekend. All right. Well, I guess it's me now. All right. Uh, I'm not much of a, to make my picks, I'm not much of a statistics guy i just kind of go off feel and who i think uh yeah that guy looks pretty good i'll pick him so for my winner i i took justin thomas um love the guy and he won at southern hills which i think this course is um a lot like southern hills deep got to be able to hit it far keep it in the fairway and pretty decently sized greens. So, yeah, if his putter gets hot, that guy's just unstoppable. Um, top 20, I got Patrick Cantley. Uh, that guy's 
never really wins. He's always just kind of hanging around. Uh, he's been playing some pretty good golf. Um, yeah, also just kind of hangs around, doesn't, doesn't really ever – not quite top 10, top 5. I mean, he gets there every once in a while, but yeah. He's my top twenty, and then yeah. Not for, to cut you off here, Ike, but didn't Cantley win this thing last year? He did, yeah, he did. See, so makes sense. Why Get the books. <laughs> <laughs> then, uh, for my fifty to seventy, I got Wyndham Clark. He was the last guy in. He made it by point one points at the end of this weekend. Um, and he was completely out of it, uh, on Saturday and then just made a charge on Sunday and then just snuck in at the end. So if he does, he could do that again this week. I mean, why not? Why not win them? Right. So why not? Those are my picks. A little bonus pick for everybody. Just come here trying to make you guys money. I talked about Lucas Herbert before. Top ten finish plus a thousand. Book it. Can we? Can Just we? Can you give same. the listeners a reasoning? Strokes game putting first this year on tour. Drew said it. Big so greens. Drew says it. That means that everyone should listen. Michael put a hundred dollars oh, yeah, on heck, that right now. Hey, hey. <laughs> I love that you brought up Southern Hills again. You love that place. Good point. I do. <laughs> it's a cool place. <laughs> Motherfucker. It's a nice course. You should try and get out there sometime. Yeah, you would say that. <laughs> Maybe get me out there, course guy. Let's go. Yeah, uh, no. How did you get out there? Um, I just know. I just know a member. Yeah, there's like na- there's just national members who get certain tee times every month, I think. And he lives in Madison, so he just, just flew us out there. That's insane. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty cool. He invited me to the member guest, but I had to say no. I would have canceled every plan in existence to go to that. I know. I wanted to, but I couldn't. I'm it, I would have missed way too much school and for some reason my parents think I should get an education, so yeah, how crazy of them, right? Yeah. No, mom, I want to play Southern how mu- Hills. How much would you have missed? Oh, like a whole week. Oh, come on. So worth it. <laughs> yeah. I'd be calling that guy back so fast. <laughs> Sitting right Man. where we are today, do you think that week would have made a difference about how your life's going right now? Well, it hasn't happened yet. Oh, whatever. It's in like a couple weeks. Oh, my God. But you still got time. <sighs> Shit. Well, I guess when you've think already played the, the place... <laughs> Yeah, it's also true. Yeah, well, they probably would hang you if you brought a phone on probably. a place or something. Yeah, probably. Yeah. No, honestly, like, they didn't really care about anything like that. It was a lot of, like, that's what I would have thought because I played Milwaukee Country Club, which that co- that place tucked in, got to be wearing, go- like, pleated p- pants, shorts, whatever. Can't have a hat on in the clubhouse. No phones whatsoever. Have to have a have to walk with a caddy. And at Southern Hills, it was literally just like 
do whatever like it was literally just like a party in the clubhouse like bars like there were like four bars it was the weirdest thing and then you can have your phone out whenever you wanted and then we drove these golf carts that literally drove 35 miles an hour hmm. like the members <laughs> that's at southern so hills, sick the members at southern hills lobbied that they were playing too slow so they wanted the carts to be faster so they literally just you know like the governor and golf carts that like regulate the speed they yeah. just took those out of the carts that's so sick that's awesome yeah and yeah no caddy well we had a, like a four caddy but he didn't do anything we just kind of found my ball when i hit it in the woods <laughs> that's so sick but yeah it was uh... yeah damn <laughs> well i think you need to go back so yeah if any of you guys want to play in that member guest i can give you the contact information can, uh, go uh, for me. no 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 <laughs> Thank you in advance. Right. All right, right, boys. Well, do you you guys have uh, anything to add? (laughs) All right. Well, (laughs) no, I got nothing. Um, All right. Well, uh, I guess we'll, me and Drew will tease our interview that we have next week. Drew, should we drop the name or do we just want to? Might as well. All right. So next week we will welcome uh, a guest. Goes by the name of Bennett Swavely, a Division One golfer out of the University of Minnesota. So stay tuned for that. That'll probably be coming out in a week from now. We'll probably do the interview uh, Tuesday and then blend it into our usual podcast recording on Wednesday and then publish it Thursday for you guys to hear. So, um, I mean, if you guys are listening and want to know anything uh, about like what a D1 golfer does, what it looks like to live the life of one, um, send us a message on our account and we'll be sure to, uh, write it down and ask them for you guys. So that is coming up. So stay tuned. Other than that, he's sick of golf. So this should be really fun. Yeah. I'm very excited to, uh, hear what he has to say and, uh, should be pretty cool. Other than that, peace. Adios. Love you guys. We out.